Dexter Stucky presents Industry Friends. Welcome to a new edition of Industry Friends. I'm your host, Dexter Stucky. So look, this season of Industry Friends is like, for me, it, it kind of is coming across as like, these are episodes or people that I should have interviewed a long time ago because when I first started the show, there are certain people that I'm like, I definitely got to get them on the show. And today is definitely another one of those guests of people that I wanted to have on for quite some time. Probably one of the inspirations behind the show. I have one of my closest friends, Mr. Dion Robinson, in the building today, who is a coordinator for dual enrollment in, in the Middle Colleges program. We'll get a little bit more into that title in just a second. But before then, I always tell a personal story about... Oh, first off, welcome to the show, Dion. Well, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Um, you know, I've sat back and watched you do this time and time again, so I'm so happy to be on this side of um, the podcast. Cool. So I always start off with a personal story, and with you, I could talk about the fact that you were the best man in my wedding, or I could talk about some of those Vegas stories. <laughs> but no, no, I there is a story that's something that happened that I've never told you about it that you did that both inspired me and like ruined my life at the same time. <laughs> hmm, I'm nervous. <laughs> okay, so so. And we were knee deep in the pandemic, right? And then there was something you were doing. At this point, this is earlier in your career before this position that you have now, mm -hmm. you were a recruiter for a, a HBCU college, right? Yep. So you were doing just a you were doing a radio interview with WURD Radio, which mm -hmm. is an African American run station in Philadelphia. You were doing that interview and you were talking about the process of getting kids into schools during the pandemic. So for you, you were sitting there, you were doing it, it was regular, normal, and I'm listening to it, and like I was so inspired by it because I'm like, Yo, he's really changing these kids' lives. Like you, you took it above and beyond though, like because you were talking about how you go to the schools, and at this point you were doing Zoom calls, and then you were helping them do their financial aid, and then you were also working at the institution, which is our alma mater, Lincoln University. Mm -hmm. And you were with the kids during their first couple years of college. So like you were there from beginning to end in some cases of them being accepted um, and then going through the process. And I was just like, yeah, he's really making a difference with his career. Like his job is making a difference in other people's lives and mine <laughs> is not. And I and that's the part about it, like I said, that was inspiring, but also like it ruined me because I was looking at it like, I'm not changing anybody's life with what I'm doing. Not No disrespect to my industry. I'm still in it, but I'm doing other stuff now as well. But I'm like, I want to change people's lives now. And like, honestly, hearing you do that interview was super inspiring to me. Yeah, I think that during that time, we were in a place where the, even the Zoom calls um, came to a halt. So knowing that our numbers <clears throat> needed to be reached, I basically extended myself and typically I would keep my job away from social media mm -hmm. but I extended myself to um it was a Facebook group that was created by um Miss Kelly Wyatt she still does it um and it's the class of 2020 I believe and she did it for 2021 and it's planning on doing it for 2022 but it was an opportunity for people to go in and adopt a senior um so it was in collaboration with that and even in that group I extended myself to different families who had plans on where they wanted to send their kids but didn't know mm -hmm. what to do because, again, we were in a pandemic. So I talked to a lot of the families that were there um, <clears throat> and just extended myself as far as, 
you know, getting them through the admissions process at Lincoln, and if I can get them any additional funds, getting their acceptance deposit waived, and a lot of those students that I did work with, or families that I did work with, did end up going to Lincoln, and they still attend Lincoln right now, so um, all of that was just, you know, just something to do mm -hmm. um, to motivate families to continue to, you know, be optimistic about where we would be. Now, fast forward to two years, we didn't think that we would still be here, but ultimately, those kids are still in school. Yeah, and you still are working in education, so we'll get a little bit more into that as well. Higher edit that, yep. so we'll get a little bit more into that in just a second. But before then, like I feel like I know you very well, but like my listeners don't know you that well. So like I want to take a, a moment to actually to play a little game with you okay. to try to get my listeners to really get to know who you are. Okay. All right. So what is your go-to karaoke song? Actually, I have a whole list, but I have two that I typically go to, but I have to, you know, survey the crowd to see what um, would get me the most um, attention. <laughs> um, so um, if it's like, you know, a chill setting where there's older people or, you know, people that, you know, just sit there that are chilling and you have mm -hmm. a, a diverse crowd, Purple Rain. Okay, everybody knows Purple Rain. Everybody loves yeah. Purple Rain. Um, and I mix it with trade songs just out of the bed and everything. <laughs> you know, never mind. I don't want to say it. Out loud. I, don't, I don't want to have it on record that I always thought Trey Song's version came first. Okay. Well, we're not even going to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but my go-to, go-to, um, karaoke song is the thong song. And you can see it on my Facebook, um, or Facebook or Instagram. Uh, me and Dex actually performed that at his reception. Um, and I didn't even know he was going to get up and do it. I practiced I it. it. Like, I practiced it a lot. I mean, on the video, <laughs> it doesn't... I can tell he practiced. But on the video, it doesn't look like I practiced very much. But I did practice. I mean, me knowing Dexter, <laughs> that was definitely practiced. <laughs> All right. And then um, a game, this is like one of my favorite games ever. Give me two truths and a lie about yourself. Now... I have been doing this show for quite some time, and I never get this right. Okay. So with yours, I think I think I'll, this will be the first one that I get right. Okay. Okay. All right. So I coached a little league cheerleading team to two back-to-back -back national titles. I I won a citywide um, talent show when I was in high school, and also I sung alongside Marching Roses. Um. Maybe y'all didn't win back-to-back. -back no, y'all did win back. Um. You did sing with Marsha. You didn't win the. I think these are all true. No. Oh, you didn't win that contest then. I came second. Okay. So yeah, I, this is the first. This is like an industry friends record. This is the first one that I got right. Well, technically, you say I wasn't a back-to-back -back national champion, and that's been plastered everywhere. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, well, because I. Okay. Well, one more question though. This is just like, is it is it Mexico or or Dexico? Because people seem to get that wrong, and I'm just curious what it is. Or. <laughs> um, when the time we were there, it was Dexico planning up for it. Dexico, we're not there. There's a, a little bit of ghetto going on there, so I don't even want to claim that. It's crazy Mexico, now, right? So it's Mexico right now until we get back and put it back um, how it, how it's supposed to be. All right, let's. <laughs> it ain't been the same since we left. It hasn't been. All right, let's get started. Um, so first things first, your title. Can you explain that? Like, break it down. Like, what exactly is your title? So, I am a coordinator for dual enrollment for middle college programs at Community College of Philadelphia. And basically, I am a liaison between um, our middle college and actual and the actual college, CCP. Um, so, what I do is work with the 11th and 12th grades at our middle college, um, which is PCCMC, just for short. Okay. Um, and I work specifically at that high school or middle college, what we call it. I'm working with 11th and 12th grade. So in the beginning of the semester, you know, students need to order books if they need schedule changes, um, any issues they have with professors. Um, and even now with COVID, um, getting them excused from their classes if they do, you know, con um, tr 
you know, do have COVID or mm-hmm. contract it. So um, just being that middleman between the students, professors, because again, the students are still in transition um, and they're still in high school. So ultimately I'm that middle person that, you know, provides them with a lot of information about the college and um, answer a lot of their questions on the forefront. Okay. Now, since I've known you, you've always been in some type of higher education role. Mm-hmm. And this is dating back to like, since you graduated college, it was like 2013, yeah, 12, 12, 13, yeah. 12. You've always been in some form of education. Like, what attracted you to education? Because you didn't go to, to college for for education, and your master's degree is in leadership development, so I guess that kind of flows. But So, yeah. um, starting college, I did start off as a health and physical education major. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't really want to do the education piece, so I ran from it. And it just tra- takes me down and tracked me, and it stuck with me. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm still here. Um, but... My family, I come from a family of educators. My grandmother was an educator, um, and she worked at my daycare when I was younger. Um, but I was never in her class because, of course, I'm the grandchild. Um, but just having that background with my grandmother, and then a lot of my cousins have worked in education as well. So I guess it's a family thing. Okay. I was actually going to say, like, what about, like, your background attracted you to education so i guess that does answer that question mm-hmm. but also like personality wise like what made do you think your personality fits for like a higher education thing or is it like and the reason i say this is because people always when they talk to you, you're super creative people are always like why aren't you doing communications which i'm super glad you didn't do <laughs> but <laughs> why, why aren't you doing communications or like whatever like what about your personality do you think lends to make you successful in education i think my outlook and understanding of students needs and understanding that not one student need the same exact thing um that all students are different so just having an understanding and knowing what you're getting yourself into and actually enjoying what you do and being able to have that interaction to motivate students to do well um that um is a part of my personality Mm -hmm. and i love working with the students because you get to see their growth and their growth and their success is my success Dion and I went to uh, grad school together, Penn State. We are. We are. <laughs> we went to oh, grad Penn school together. Yeah, <laughs> and um, in our we took we were in part of the same like course load together, and one of the courses in leadership development was individualized consideration, mm-hmm. which I think is a hundred percent like what you just described, and also how you like live your life, and I think that that does like make a lot of sense there too. Now, with the pandemic, how has that like affected? So you, this new position that you have, you actually got it during the pandemic. Well, I mean, everything in life is happening during the pandemic because it, <laughs> it's never point, ending. Yes. But you got this position during the pandemic. Like, how was that different or how has that been different for you? It's a lot different. Of course, um, starting out in a job, I started completely 100% virtual. So all the students were home. I never had a face-to-face interaction with any of them until... Um, graduation for our seniors and mm-hmm. I started in October so from October all the way until May never met any of them in person so it's kind of weird but I would jump on zooms and, and, and um, interact with them help them out where I can um, and it was kind of slow but one thing that is different from this job different from this job and the other is that it's a set uh, set group of students mm-hmm. so whereas I was traveling to different schools working with students across the city in different states I have one school in just 11th and 12th grade, so it's about 250 compared to 2,500. Do you do you get attached to, like, n- not the students themselves, but, like, their success? Like, does the, like when a student is doing bad, like, how, how do you react to that since you know them so well? Because, you, like, you have that one school, so you're mm-hmm. kind of like their, not their teacher, but you're kind of like their spokesperson. Right. 
I do contribute their success to my success, but ultimately a lot of the students that I don't meet with are the ones that are successful. I meet with a lot of the students that do have issues here and there. Got it. Um, so when a student that comes to me for something and I'm like, I never met you before. <laughs> They're like, yeah, but like, I know that I, I can come to you for help. And I'm like, well, what you need help with? And yeah. it's something simple, um, like ordering books. Simple. Um, but then I get to talking to them and they're talking about, you know, I got accepted to Harvard. I got accepted to this school. Um, there's one student I met when I um, actually had Lincoln come and do a recruitment um, event at the school. And one of the students who was just walking around, I said, go, see, go to the table and just see what they're talking about. She said, but I don't want to go there. I'm already accepted to UPenn, this school, this school. And I'm like, that's awesome. But this is another opportunity. And in that conversation with her, I was able to just you know, converse with her. She was very lively and I would never have expected her to tell me that she had an in-person interview with these schools. Mm -hmm. um, 4.0 student and I'm like, that's awesome. I'm like, let me know how those interviews go. Um, fast forward, or fast forward to just this um, past week, she came to my office and said, the interview went so good, but I also interviewed here, 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 and here. And I'm like, that is what's up. And I'm like, I'm so proud of you. She's, I'm like, but do you need anything else? She's like, no, I only came up here because I did all my work already. And I'm like, I love it. Go to, um, go to class. Right. Um, but ultimately, um, whether the students are, you know, self-sufficient or need assistance, um, their, their success is my success. Now, as, as a black male educator, I feel like we see a lot of stuff in the news where they're like, we need more black males in education and especially higher education or just in general in education. Do you feel like a sense of pressure when you're working in this field? Like, or is it like, well, I let you answer, but like, do you feel a sense of pressure working in this field as a black male educator? I don't. It actually gives me some type of relief only because our students come to me more now because I've been in person with them and they know my personality. So mm -hmm. I have a office, but it's, it's a classroom. So students will come to my class and tell me all about their other teachers and how the other teachers are getting on their nerves or drawing, as they would say. Wait, what's the word? Drawing. <laughs> um, and I'm like, well, you can't talk about the teachers like that. However, if you want to come in here, that's perfectly fine. And then we'll have conversations outside of the schoolwork that they need to do. And most, most times they have free time because they are taking college courses. So yeah. you know how college courses go. You got two on Monday, on Monday, Wednesday, the Friday, two Thursday, Tuesday, Thursday. So you have a lot of time. You just reminded. Look, I've been out of school for so long. <laughs> I forgot that that was like we. That was really the schedule. Yeah, yeah. But they have the opportunity to, um, you know, relax. Mm -hmm. Um. So and just have being able to be, you know, a black man in a school where it's predominantly African American students, um, and showing my personality and being able to be, you know that difference that they see every single day yeah um it's fulfilling now you talked a lot about your work with the students which i understand like you're like you help them out a lot you deal with them probably on a consistent basis but you also are doing work with the adult to the teachers the administrators Absolutely. or whatnot how is that how are those relationships um those relationships have gotten a lot better when i started um of course being a new um staff member at any facility is going to be different right um and they want to fill you out can't really fill me out through zoom mm -hmm. and like for me i try to go in with an open mind and make sure that i'm communicating with everybody but i will say i had to go in a little strong because when i was communicating to everybody hey this is my phone number blah 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 can you send me this can you send me that just so i can get to know 
with students or in which cohort, there was some staff that just did not send it to me. So, you know, I forwarded it again to the same staff mm-hmm. members. Um, and I didn't get a response for a week. Got everybody else's. So I forwarded it to um, the staff member again, uh, along with the principal of the school. Right. Just letting them know. Snitch, like, you snitching. Know, as, the really kids, snitching. as the kids would say. I, I'm trying to be effective <laughs> in my job. And I can't be effective if you're holding me back. No, I got you. And we're working through Zoom. So the same way I'm sitting at my computer waiting for emails, I'm pretty sure you're doing the same thing, waiting for emails from your students. In 2020? Yes. I Absolutely. <laughs> okay, sure. But everything was virtual, so that's... I mean, that's what you're supposed to be, though. Well, yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah, um, the relationships have gotten a lot better, yeah. um, and I enjoy working with a lot of them. Um, there are, there was some points where I had to help them change their language um, about how our program is. Um, when I got there, they talked a lot about transfer this, transfer that, and I'm like, our students will not be transfer students because they are high school students. So they will still be first-time students with college credit. So, like, terminology you have to yep, with. So You know, I think coming with your background, coming from, like, an actual college, I do think certain things like that are really helpful. Mm-hmm. And I do, I, I appreciate when people have a different background and they're able to come in and utilize those terminologies or changes to affect long-term change in the position that they're in. I think that's, I think that's really cool. Another question I have for you. So, you, you don't work for the school district. No. You work for a community college. Yes. So, like, when there's things that are happening, like, I mean, if you turn on the TV every single day, there's some type of problem with the school district that's being announced. Mm-hmm. Like, there's always something. How do you respond to those kind of, like, when the students, they say the students mention it to you or a parent mentions it or just you naturally, like, how do you respond to that kind of stuff? Um, I just make sure everything that I'm doing is in compliance with the university or the college that I work for. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever the school district has to deal with and, you know, the administrators at um, the school, I support as much as I can. Yeah. Um, but I try not to get too involved in it because, again, it's like out of your jurisdiction. my job. <laughs> yeah. But to support the students, that is my overall um, job. Now, with that being said, and talking about the students, like this is another question that kind of leads me down that path. Is like Philadelphia... The high school students are like, it's, I mean, it's terrible as far as like the gun violence and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. How do you approach that situation knowing that like the kids that you're working with every day, like they're like in the line of fire with this stuff, like literally in the line of fire with a lot of this stuff with like the violence that's going on in the city. How do you tackle that? Well, I would have to say I'm lucky mm-hmm. um, because we haven't had a situation um, like that, like, you know, at like that happened to where it affected any of our students in the school, specifically right. at the school. Okay. Um, but it's just, I honestly, I'm speechless every time something happens yeah. because it's like, like these children should be in school. These kids should be able to go home with no issue. Um, but you walk in fear, you have to walk and look over your shoulder every single day now, which is ridiculous. But, um, I pray for my students all the time. Yeah. Like mentally, how do, what do you do for yourself and how does that work for you? Well, mentally, I just take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, mentally, uh, I try not to get too deep into a lot of the news now because a lot of the news is just saddening. Um, and I will check here and there, maybe for the weather, any COVID updates, but you know, they don't even talk about that anymore. I just try to make sure... I just understand what's happening and not try to get too deeply involved in what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
I, I know that's easier said than done, but I definitely think that's a that's a good uh, option. Now, if someone was looking to follow in your footsteps in regards to education, and 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 not just only in your current position, because you have like a wealth of education knowledge. Like you were a teacher at one point, like you were a recruiter at one point. So if any person was listening, they're like, I want to do this. I want to follow in his footsteps. Like, what what advice would you give them? Um. Always be prepared for change. Okay. Um, because every day the world is changing and they're like school is so different than when we were in school. So be prepared for change. Um also understand that whatever school district that you go into, understand that they might not have the funds to fully support the students. So find creative ways to support students. Not saying that you have to dig in your pocket every five seconds to do something. Mm-hmm. Maybe if a student come and say, Hey, I'm doing a bake sale because my family needs this. Mm-hmm. You can support. I wouldn't say go buy them the new iPhone. No. But um, any way to support the students, um, first educationally, but also mentally as well. Um, and then always be open-minded because you never know where what background your students are coming from. And then sometimes they may have the same background as you and you may be able to encourage that particular student. But understand that there's no one-size-fit-all way of teaching every student. Mm. Do, you, do you watch the TV show Abbott Ele- Elementary? I do. Like, do you see, like, parallels between, like, like your working experience and that TV show? Um, I mean, the show is a little extreme. <laughs> you think so? Look, so from my from my experience of working in schools yeah. and, and when working with the district, like, I'm like, they're a little bit more spot on. than <laughs> Like, some of the things that seem so ridiculous to me are like, yeah, yeah, yeah well. But no, I do see some similarities. We do have um, those teachers that are seasoned and that are stuck in their way of, like, you know, educating yeah. and not wanting to move forward with technology uh-huh. and then you have those young teachers that are just so optimistic and extremely optimistic where they think they can do everything yeah but that could be a complete burnout huh? um but i do enjoy the show and i do see some similarities but principal ava is just the extreme i took a, <laughs> i took a quiz and they said like which character you and that's how i got the principal extreme yeah extra yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so like what is next for you and it doesn't have to be just career-wise mm-hmm. but like personal education-wise work-wise like what's next for you so i did mention that i coached literally cheerleading yeah um and i've been doing it since 2013 almost hitting 10 years wow um so i've been you know i read up on all of my um I read up on the rule books and make sure I understand everything before helping build a routine. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has gotten me some recognition through the Judges Association. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually was told to complete the um, application for the Metropolitan Chair Coaches Asso- Chair Judges Association to become okay. an official judge um, for that. Um, and that's primarily judging Little League and high school starting in August. Mm-hmm. Um, that um i am now working with alongside my dad he just became pastor at my childhood church wow um we actually had transitioned away from the church when my mom got married Mm -hmm. went to my grandfather's church and now full circle we're all back there isn't that crazy it is and he wants me to do a lot of the graphic design for services and stuff so i'll be working on that um and I think that's all I have right now. Okay. I'm trying to keep it easy, not okay. do too much. But that's what I have coming up. Okay. I like that. It's cool. And then finally, I always ask my guests to provide me with a puzzle piece. The puzzle piece could be like a mantra or a quote you live by. Like, what would be your puzzle piece on the industry friends puzzle? 
I guess my puzzle piece would be to never limit yourself because all the things that you can do, you still can do. Even if you have, you know, a job in this one place, Mm -hmm. there are so many other things that you have in your back pocket. Like for myself, people will look at me and say, he don't post no cheerleading, but I do. And I still do. Um, I do graphic design. I don't tell many people. Because I get bored with it, or and, I get tired. And, and people like me want you to do it for free. So that's probably... <laughs> <laughs> um, but never limiting yourself, because even um, Dexter here, he works, but he does a million other things, and he's not limiting himself. So that's that would be my puzzle piece. You know, I actually thought you were going to say um, you are your own brand market yourself accordingly. Well, you know I have a lot of pieces to the puzzle. <laughs> so, um, but you are your brand. Market yourself accordingly. That's, that's, like my favorite thing. that's my favorite thing. You said it once and then I... I tweeted it yeah. in 2012. Dexter stole it and posted it on Facebook in like 2017 <laughs> like it was his own. And I was just like, wow. Seems really familiar. Stole- yes. <laughs> so I screenshot it and had the date stamp on there and tried to you know, knock that attention off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you so much for doing this. This was this was great. Um, mainly because you're one of those people, or really everybody in my life, to be honest with you. People will be like, oh, what does this person do? What does that person do? And I'll be like, oh, they work at a school, so forth and so on. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I never actually sit down and just know what people are doing for a living. And I think it's great to kind of sit down and like learn that about your friends, about strangers. Like yeah. it's, it's cool. Because sometimes we don't talk about what we do. We complain about what people are doing. 100%. <laughs> Now, if people were looking to get in contact with you, how can they find you? Um, I can be reached on social media. So Facebook, Dion J. Robinson. Um, Instagram and Twitter is Mechanical Zombie. Um, yeah. What does Mechanical Zombie mean? Uh, that was just a stupid name I came up with some years ago uh-huh. um, while I was in college. Um, I was really big into technology, um, editing music, doing flyers and all that. So I took that piece of technology just called it mechanical and a zombie piece is because I always was running and just doing, even if it was late, just get, doing things to get things done. So like not sleeping. Yes. <laughs> so like a mechanical zombie. A mechanical zombie. Okay. Like a robot zombie. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. I, I, I mean, it makes sense. Especially when you break it down. Yeah. And now before mechanical zombie, it was I robot. <laughs> and then Will Smith took it. Yes. Actually. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, this has been another edition of Industry Friends. Hey, guys, Industry Friends is now on Instagram at Industry Friends. So after you rate the show, subscribe to the show, repost the show, review the show, and tell your friends about it, follow us on Instagram at Industry Friends. Industry Friends.